we are learning and confirming, I think it is absolutely essential to be evaluating multiplanar and rotational movement. Hello, welcome to the Physical Preparation Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Robertson, and I'm joined on the line today by Sam Miller. Sam is the founder and CEO of Proteus Motion, a cutting-edge technology and training company that's looking to fill in the gaps with how we test and train for power development. As someone that's always looking to sharpen the saw and improve my own programming, I jumped at the chance to get Sam on the show. After watching demo videos of the Proteus, I obviously wanted to talk about how we can incorporate better 3D training with our athletes, especially when you see guys like Patrick Mahomes or Damian Lillard using the unit. But what I was most surprised by was how he's using it with Gen Pop clients as well. So in this episode, we cover a ton of ground, from the long days and nights Sam had when he started building the Proteus, to why we need to be digging deeper into rotational power training, and of course, discussing how important it is to make training fun so our clients and athletes will want to keep coming back for years to come. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll jump into this awesome new episode with Sam Miller. Have you heard about the new iFast University? When Bill Hartman and I created iFast U in 2016, we had one primary goal, to make iFast University an elite resource for trainers, coaches, and rehab professionals across the globe. Continuing education is something that we've always taken great pride in here at iFast, and we wanted to create an extension of that with iFastU. Because here's the thing, there are tons of great trainers and coaches out there who legitimately want to learn from us and get better, but don't have the ability to come to iFast and do it in person. So whether you're a young, up-and-coming coach who's just getting started, or a seasoned vet of the training game, if you want to get better each and every month, I'm sure we have an option for you. We now have two membership options at iFastU based on your needs and goals, standard and elite. Our standard option is like the Netflix of training Con Ed. Here, you'll have access to the complete iFastU archive, which has well over 100 in-depth videos on topics like program design, coaching, and anatomy and movement. Plus, every month you'll get a new piece of content from a world-class coach, someone that's gonna help you take your game to the next level. But if you're really looking to fast track your progress, you may want to get in on iFastU Elite. Here, you'll not only have access to the archives and monthly content drops like standard users, but you also have direct access to both Bill and I each and every month. Between two monthly Q&A calls, access to over 100 previously recorded Q&A calls, and direct access to both of us and our elite group of trainers and coaches via our private forum, this is a surefire way to get around the right people and level up fast. If you're interested in learning more, just head over to ifastuniversity.com. Again, that's ifastuniversity.com. We hope to see you in the U soon. Sam, man, thanks so much for coming on the show here today. Really excited to have you on. Could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure thing. Yeah, good to be here, Mike. Thank you for having me. I am Sam Miller. I'm the founder and CEO of Proteus Motion, a company that I started in 2016. We are headquartered in, in Brooklyn, New York. I'm based in Charleston, South Carolina. We've got team kind of spread throughout the country, mostly remote. I've got two young boys, three and a, or four and a half years old and one and a half years old. And, oh, uh, man. Oh, yeah. You yeah. got your hands full, dude. Oh, man. Not, I totally probably not sleeping either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not much. Aside from aside from my my family, I'm my passion in life is really what we're doing at Proteus, and and that's around creating a total revolution in in human performance in a very unique way. But yeah, through and through, I'm just like a, you know passionate person, background that's very diverse from engineering to I studied history and economics in school oh, wow. uh, to design operations and just truly an entrepreneur that's trying to do something that helps a lot of people and especially especially athletes, which I consider everyone an athlete to a certain yes. extent. Yes, um, love that. And, and on the way, do something that we think is historically significant. Yeah, that's very cool, man. So talk to me, what got you into the world of physical preparation? Like, How did you start working out or what made you realize, oh, this is something I think I might want to do either for myself or with others? Yeah, good question. So I was always, so I grew up in outside of Boston in the suburbs yeah. and I grew up playing every sport imaginable. I grew up on a 
cul-de-sac and with all these kids my age and we were yeah. just outside beating each other up all the time <laughs> uh, my my main focus was soccer but i played literally every sport and i had a i developed a really painful <clears throat> joint condition in my knee when i was around like nine ten years old oh. and i spent the age ages like nine through 14 in physical therapy and athletic training and back and forth and back and forth and I, I always say I peaked athletically when I was like 12, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a, a state championship and in soccer. And then it was just yeah. like, I had these knee conditions and I had to kind of fight back. And then I, I would say I had a, a second peak in late high school, but training the training and performance evaluations that I was doing in both athletic training and, and in my physical therapy created this deep seated frustration, I think around limited limitations of the tools and mm -hmm. information that can be used to inform significantly better quality of services and treatment and outcomes. And my, what, what I really was doing was a lot of this isolated kind of muscle or joint testing and training, right? Not right. really so much multiplanar or functional per se. <clears throat> and I remember distinctly like one day walking out of a session with one of my teammates who had to uh, coming back from like a severe oblique strain and we walked out of this you know session with a piece of paper that had like exactly the same training program on it <laughs> wow that's and, bad that's yeah bad. it's bad and i think i realized like this had nothing to do with the quality of the trainers or the clinicians it was really just there's just limitations in how they can make decisions to personalize something for you. And there's limitations and tools that exist. So fast forward like 20 years, I graduated from Vanderbilt. Like I said, I studied economics and history, totally different career path. And at the same time, I became super interested in the quantified self movement mm. and in like biometrics. And the more I explored the space, I started to wonder, we've got cameras for biomechanics. We've got wearables for sleep measurements. Like what is the equivalent for physical strength, mm. especially functional strength or power? It's, we're kind of still looking at like squats and a bench press and <clears throat> there yeah. didn't seem to be too much progression there. And I think that led to this kind of like conclusion in my mind that the way physical strength and power, I think is evaluated and, and, and trained a lot, but primarily evaluated. It's very one dimensional. Yes. And I think the one <clears throat> the 1D movements that are used today, even to evaluate strength, represent less than 5% of the movements that we perform in real life. And they're simply very extraordinarily difficult to quantify that for 3D or multiplanar movements. And so basically that concluded with me knowing that there was a huge void in data around okay. one of the most critical pillars of human performance. So <clears throat> just an extension of that quickly, I... The connected uh, around this time, like the connected fitness space started to really expand and explode. And I think the problem that I was seeing was that a lot of the advancements there that everyone's basically digitizing an existing piece of equipment, put a sensor on a bike, screen on a cable machine. Right. And what that's doing is it's, it's great. It's gauging content. So there's some great products out there, but it's not actually able to generate any new or different information, which I viewed as the primary, one of the primary problems is void in data. Yeah. So I spent like year, a couple of years from 2012 to, to 2015 while I was fully employed in a construction engineering company yeah. and talking to like hundreds of professionals, reading thousands of research articles and medical textbooks. And I got to the point where I, it's like that Henry Ford quote, if, if I had asked people what they wanted, they'd say a faster horse. And sure. So nobody like imagined what the solution would be, but everyone identified that, yeah, what, the way that we are evaluating this incredibly important pillar of human performance is one dimensional. Yeah. Um, and so the solution that I kind of conjured up was the need to create an entirely new type of equipment altogether and okay. do that for the purpose of generating data and uh, building software around it. And so I that set off on that course I got inspiration, heavy inspiration from, for this solution by kind of rebooting something that my dad invented at MIT in the early nineties. Okay. And 
he was developing, he was a visiting scientist in the early nineties of the biomechanics lab. He worked this, had this like idea to come up with a mechanical system that would allow you to, he was trying to do replicating sport movements and it didn't work and it was, but it was a brilliant concept. And so he had the spawn out of MIT and was like tinkering like a mad scientist in the basement of my house outside of Boston for years. <laughs> and it was always referred to as like the machine, but nobody knew what it was or what it did. And it didn't really work, but it was the underlying principles were brilliant. So I kind of actually took that and in tw 25 years later and figured out a way to, to redesign it using some of the f underlying mechanical principles. And then from there, made that system work and then use that to build kind of software and, and data systems around it. So basically wow. I kind of left my job in 2015, started bootstrap for 18 months, like a eight by a closet base in New York city. And yeah, you know, in 2016, I actually incorporated and we spent the first four years, I think like really one to three people in like a windowless startup incubator, patenting things, partnering with some notable health institutions, building machines myself, driving around in a van and fast forward again in the last 24 months, I think we've grown 20 times. We've got some of the best athletes in the world, like Patrick Mahomes and Damian Lillard and John yeah. Rahm using the system. Some of the best trainers in the world, like Eric Cressy and Bobby Stroop. And we're in this Netflix series now. And, and we've got really explosive growth to almost 400 locations in the US and Canada. And we're just getting started. That's awesome. If you're enjoying today's podcast and not already subscribed to the Robertson Training Systems newsletter, what are you waiting for? When you sign up, you'll get immediate access to materials that will help you write better programs, motivate people outside of the gym, and improve how your clients move and feel. Plus, the RTS newsletter is the only place where I announce up and coming events like virtual summits, live seminars, and my program design mentorship. And last but not least, I hate spam as much as you do, so I will only email you when I've got something valuable to deliver, something that will make you a better athlete, trainer, or coach. So if you're not already subscribed, head over to robertsontrainingsystems.com and register for our newsletter right now, today. Now, that's enough for me. Let's get back into this week's episode. And before we dive too hard into the actual device, what I would love to hear a little bit more about is what was your day like for those first four years, right? When you're working construction and then you're at home, I can just imagine like just burning the candle at both ends, right? Working a full-time job, coming home, like reading research, mad scientist in the basement. I don't know what you were doing, but what, what did your life look like at, at that point in time? One thing I'll say is that the, the woman who I was dating and who I married has been a huge, played a huge role in this journey, just being a believer from day one okay. and through and anyone that started any business, doesn't matter what kind of business, it's just hard, right? Yes, for sure. It, there's no for way, sure. there's no easy path. And so much of it is just about just persevering and figuring out a way you like things are going to suck and, <laughs> yes. and they, there's highs or highs, lows, and, and they get higher, or lower and all that sort of stuff. And that is all hundred percent true from my experience. I had, I think I, so I was kind of moved into an, this engineering role. We were building healthcare and life sciences laboratories and big medical office buildings and biosafety labs and so forth. <clears throat> I moved out of engineering into product management and project management for some of those jobs that were like $10 million jobs to $300 million jobs and oh, wow. big contracts. And, and then I moved into business operations. So I was kind of all over the place anyways. But to, for me, I knew very early on, I was like, I, I just, I have no interest in this climb the ladder. America. I was doing really well, but I just was hungry. And yeah. so... I had already started some like side entrepreneurial ventures when I was like in my right out of college when the, I graduated in Vanderbilt in 2008 and the market crashed like that same year. And a couple of years later, I got really interested in like depressed real estate and I <laughs> figured out a way to borrow money to buy a couple of foreclosure and short sale condos in South Florida when I was like 25 and became oh, wow. like a landlord. And so I oh, was like, okay. always involved in these like kind of these kind of like side ventures because I was just tr trying to figure it out. So once I got interested in the idea of Proteus, it started as like an interest and then it turned into a passion and then into an obsession. And then now it's like my life. And so the day for me was just like, I mean, I was 
by the end of my employment in my previous career, I was, I will say I, I was breaking a lot of rules with time, <laughs> trying to like, if taking like explore, exploratory calls about Proteus in the middle of the day and like stuff like that, not super outrageous, but, and then it was just like nights, mornings, weekends. And I, it just consumed a lot of things. And, and fortunately my wife, who I think was my fiance at the time during this, we, she was very understanding. Cause she was like, I, kind of believe in you. And I don't, she, at, at a certain point, she's like, I don't understand this, <laughs> Yeah, but that was the early on as a punch. She's like, I believe in you. And I know that there's something here. And then that's always been a barometer of like success or progress for me is like her level of understanding. Now she's, she gets it. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, I mean, it's it a big balance of professional and I guess like side hustle to yeah. the extent that it was, I got to a point where I was like, all right, I can't pretend to be caring about this job or career. Like I already know what I want to do. I had yep. no idea about what it was going to take and what the journey would look like. And, but I mean, that aside from the time scale being different, we're doing exactly. And I can see a lot more clearly, like where we're headed is basically exactly what the vision or prediction has been from the beginning, just the yeah. time and the path to getting there has been very different. A absolutely. It always does. So talk to me about how this whole thing unfolded, right? Cause I'm sure people are listening to this and they're like, oh, cool. Like I've heard of Proteus motion, or maybe I've seen people demoing on it, but you and I both know if you're an entrepreneur, there's like a vision, right? In the vision, a concept. And in your space, it's not just, Hey, it's this. And then it's like a digital product, right? There's a concept and then there's how many iterations of prototypes. And then you finally actually have something that functions and works. So would you talk to me about that process? How long yeah. that took, maybe some of the struggles you dealt with there? Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing I'll start by saying is that hardware is hard. <laughs> it's really hard and hardware plus software is even harder. So I think. For me, I was, it's still to this day, I'll say something that to really understand it, you need to like, you really want to touch and feel it yeah, and, and experience it in person. This is its own animal, right? This is not like, <clears throat> this is nothing similar to anything that's existed before. This is not a cable machine. This is not a, it's its own modality. It's its own animal. And so what's interesting too, is that like even customers that we had early on are still peeling back layers of Proteus. And some of the ones that were like, took the longest to get there are so bought in. And so the, seeing the community expand is amazing, but it's taken yeah. a long time to get there. So to really, it started with having some form of a pro, some form of a prototype. And I bootstrapped this myself for on a shoestring budget for 18 months, but it got to a certain point where I'm like, I need outside capital right. to do anything here, especially with, it's not like we were like, Hey, I need to buy a exercise bike and then like figure out how to put sensors on it. Not to downgrade what the challenges of say a Peloton went through. They were just different. Sure. Right? But for us, it was like, I, we needed like expensive machinery and custom parts and all this stuff. And it was like, I need funding for this. So I right. kind of got to a point where I started to, I had taken this prototype that my dad had and like kind of just rebuilt it and reconfigured it and had it produce some output in on a screen that it wasn't really much of anything, but it was really just for a talking point. Yes. And it was imagining, just trying to imagine painting the picture for this vision wasn't for me, it was actually difficult raising capital, especially early on because the size of the opportunity was unclear. And at this time, like even like human performance, like that term was, it wasn't really used that much. Yeah. That, it was like, and I was talking about these things and athlete evaluations and performance assessments and like longevity in 2015, 2016. And people were, especially on the investor investment side, are, I don't know what you're talking. About. And so that was challenging, but from a, from I cobbled together a couple starting with like friends and family and then moved into some subsequent capital raises, all very small and or, or relatively small. But <clears throat> the process is basically build, refine, test, iterate, right? Refine again, rebuild, right? Test, yeah. iterate. It's just that cycle over and over again. And I have literally have, have scars on my hands from doing this kind of stuff. And we, I brought in some, some early 
hires, some of them starting part-time and just looking for the kind of people that were not just like exceptionally smart, but had no qualms about rolling up their sleeves and just getting dirty, getting into it. That is the kind of people, that's who our team is at its core, where it's, we're going to, we work harder than anyone. And we're super passionate and have the highest kind of moral and ethical standards. And and so that's kind of who we are. So I was looking for people that were just like not afraid to do that. And I was setting the example because I'm like, I'm still this day working extraordinarily hard. And so I, a lot of it was just like build a couple machines, nothing worked. And then, but I think we started to get little signals here and there. I remember one time I convinced a college baseball coach at St. Joe's to let us bring a, a, one of the first prototypes over to test his whole team. And we had three people on our team kind of standing around it, like screwing bolts back in and everything was yeah. falling apart. But during that day, over the course of that day, the coaches and the players are like, I love this. Yeah. And I'm like, we haven't even done really anything here. Like, we, I mean, we've done a lot, but it's like nowhere near. And like those kinds of things, that's enough to be like, okay, we've got a ways to go, but there's, it's some good feedback. And then it was just that yep. repeated over and over again. And me just kind of banging on doors to let somebody just let me bring it to them to show it to them or them come to me and test it out. And every single time without fail, once we developed the system that actually you could actually feel it and feel what this 3D resistance modality is, which is constant in all directions, it feels like moving underwater, but on yeah. land. And then you could start to see the data outputs and we were that provide, it was very compelling without fail. Anyone that came and experienced it was like, okay, this is not what I expected, or this is, I I think I get it now, or at least where you're headed and there's something big here. So it was all about how we can get more people onto it. And then to me, it just went from the next thing was like, I, we started to get some good feedback in a commercial gym environment. One of our first clients in, in San, San Mateo. Menlo Park mm. at the Rikus Center. <clears throat> and they fell in love with it. One of the, like there was a second or third machine and that started to go really well. And then we were like, okay, we need to find like an ambassador that's really credible and who's not the kind of person that like you can just pay to endorse something. But yeah, like, sure. You have to work to, and that led us to, we were like, okay, Eric Cressy's our guy. Cause we were starting to get big in baseball and we yeah, it's hard, hard to beat him. It's hard to beat him. <laughs> he didn't answer my phone calls for 18 months. And I finally, I basically forced my way into, took a truck and drove a machine to him in Boston and like basically showed up and he let us in and his, once he got his hands on it, his brain yeah. exploded and he's a cerebral sure. guy. And Oh, absolutely. And then he's one of our, that was in 2019. And so we've just been evolving from there. Yeah. No, that's yeah. so cool. If you are listening to this on the road, I will drop in like a, whatever Sam you think is like the best video or two, I'll drop into the show notes Great. so you can see the unit. So you can see what training looks like. Cause it's probably hard to visualize, but when you're pitching people again, this is hard to visualize. Most people are thinking, Oh, Hey, I've got a squats or like barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells. They can envision these things, right? Cause they've seen it for somebody that's never seen this. How do you describe to them? maybe over the phone or not visually, what does training feel like with this device? And and again, I like the idea of like kind of working out in a pool, but is that kind of how you describe it to other people or? The experience, yeah. I mean, I think from an overall value proposition standpoint, I mean, one thing to say is, so we were almost almost entirely B2B. So we sell into commercial gyms, sell the hardware and software to commercial gyms, to pro and college sports teams, or even in chiropractic. Oh, that's cool. We're kind of, yeah. we've got a, a pretty, across a, a variety of different verticals. We've got about 400 partner sites in the US and Canada. We have about 75,000 users wow. that range from age eight to age 98. That's um, cool. There's unbelievable versatility. So a couple things to, to think of when you're thinking about Proteus is it's both a performance testing tool and a resistance training tool. All right. Yep. When you think about it as a performance testing tool, it's a sports science lab in a box. Mm-hmm. What it does is it allows you to do what it would require 20 pieces of equipment in a lab and three hours of time to do 10% of what we do in five minutes. And what we do in five minutes is basically provide us uh, assessments and reports that let somebody understand across any combination of movements or standardized tests within our software or your own, whether it's truck rotations and uniplanar presses and rows or upper extremity, lower extremity, whatever you want to test or evaluate. 
understands where you have weakness. Are you progressing? How do you compare to someone like you against our cloud database that has a 1 billion data points? Wow. Which is new normative data and shareable kind of reports that that give these hyper personalized recommendations for training and what the implications are from exercise selection to even where, if you're familiar with the force velocity curve, like where you fall on the force velocity curve and then how you should be training different movements. And some of the yeah. insights are incredible because you have somebody run through a bat, like one of our standardized tests, 15 movements across the whole body. And no matter what demographic you look at it, core trunk rotation and core strength and power are the most efficient. Yeah always. And so what this allows you to do is basically understand the someone's capabilities and contextualize that against someone that they know, and then basically make informed training decisions. And a lot of our partner sites use that information as a cheat sheet, basically. It's like a, a hack for them to be able to say, all right, in a couple of minutes, I literally know exactly how to design a program for somebody, mm. what they need specifically. And, and I can show them, are they progressing, how they compare? We've got things like leaderboards, all, all that shiny stuff. And, and then it completely lets them elevate the quality of their services. It allows them to expand their services into premium services, depending on their model. And uh, many of our sites monetize this oh, uh, on top of the, the operational efficiency <clears throat> from being able to do this with a novice trainer. So that's the sports science lab in a box element. And the beautiful thing about Proteus is that it's not just sitting there and waiting to be tested on every week, two weeks, four weeks, whatever. Right. 80% of the usage of Proteus is for resistance training. Hmm. And so as a, so I'll go back as a testing tool, it's the ultimate tool. If you care about physical strength and power, like you need a Proteus because it's the only tool in the world that allows you to evaluate it across the entire body, especially for multiplanar movements and yep. rotational movements, period. As a training tool, though, it is not meant to be a replacement for everything that you have in your gym. It's a mm -hmm. tool in your toolkit. Yeah. And so what that looks like is, for example, someone will come in and get tested. Trainer will say, all right, now I know exactly how what you need to work on. And they'll work that into their own methodologies and their own systems, right? Because we, we don't want to undercut the trainer. We want this to be a elevation for them, an enhancement for them, superpower for them. And, and then they will design a program and all... 99 times out of 100, Proteus is one of the training tools that's used in combination with these other traditional training tools that are used. So, the, And the reason Proteus is used and, and how is we've invented a new modality of resistance. Right. And we call it 3D resistance. It feels like training underwater and you can change the viscosity of the fluid or the force field, if you will. Yes. So it's constant in all directions, no matter what speed or direction you move. It's completely different experience in a cable machine. It's not, it's physically impossible to get this from a cable machine. You need a kind of a rigid arm, which is what the Proteus might has that carbon fiber too. It's rigid and yeah. it has a form factor. And what this does is it provides this incredible neuromuscular stimulation. It's a, it, there's a great new book that came out actually on the, from the Fascial Training Institute, Bill Parisi's new book. It's called Fascial Training and Application. And there's two full chapters on Proteus in this came out, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And so there are significant benefits for the fascial system, coordination, proprioception. And what it does is the research that we've done is it shows it produces up to 95% greater peak muscle activation mm. than a free weight or a cable machine because it's resisting you throughout the entire range of motion of a multiplanar right. movement without inertia. And so that's used for anything from very intense, high intensity interval training to warmups, cool downs, active recovery. We see a lot of, I mean, and ultimately what it is, it's the ultimate tool for developing triplanar power and speed. And yeah. so if you watch quarterback on Netflix, for example, reason Patrick Mahomes uses it three times a week is because he's doing this multi-planar power and acceleration and speed development, explosive movements on Proteus. And, and so that's one of the benefits for elite athletes. At the same time, just the last point is that this is so versatile that it's incredibly safe to use from early post-operative rehab to peak performance training. And while we've got users that are age eight to 98, the fastest growing demographic we have is like the 35 to 65 year old group. Yeah. 
And one of the reasons they love it so much is because it's a concentric muscle contraction. So you can use it almost every day without soreness, but you still get these benefits. Now, at the same time, though, it's super low impact on the joints. And ultimately, it helps you move better and feel better. So it's this new experience like training underwater on land, super time efficient workouts in our library of workouts. You can kind of do a freestyle mode and, and it is uh, an incredible tool for developing core strength and full body strength and power, which is a very under an, an area that was underrepresented, I think, for or sure. not appropriately represented in general training, despite everyone's acknowledgement of how important it is. Yeah, dude. There's so much to unpack there. <laughs> so much to unpack. Like just starting with the idea of assessments driving programming. Like Bill and I, Eric too, because I mean, we created a product together, Assessing Correct in 2010, where we're basically giving people self-evaluations, right? This is how you evaluate your movement. And these are the corrective exercises you use, right? Just thinking about that side of it. And something that I've harped on for a while now is this idea of, the reason that we spend so much time focusing on assessing strength is because it's the easiest thing to do, right? You t it requires no tech to put a barbell on somebody's back, right? Okay, let's work up until you can't squat anymore or a bench press or a deadlift. Easy to evaluate versus you start talking about force velocity curves, using force plates. Now there's technology involved. There's awareness of how to use the technology. Oh, and by the way, you had to create an entirely different machine to assess and evaluate what you're looking at. So that alone is super, super cool. But then taking that a step further, I love the idea because I'm just past the point of tiptoeing around this idea. If you own a gym or if you wanna be in this space for any period of time, you have to be comfortable asking people for money, right? You could be the best trainer, best programs, best coach. If you're not willing to ask people for money and get paid for what you do, you're not gonna be in this game very long. So finding ways like this to monetize what you're doing. In this case, hey, we're gonna take you through this killer performance assessment. Nobody else around here is gonna do this. We're gonna take you through that. But it's not just an assessment. This is gonna drive our programming. We're gonna show you reproducible results. I'm just like, my mind is spinning thinking about like, this is sellable across the board. And you check the box as well of, hey, I love athletes, right? I still consider myself an athlete, but I'm 45. So <laughs> the peak was a few years ago in my case, but now I'm in that space, right? Like I train athletes, but the space that I'm in and that like my online clients are in, we're like longevity focused. Yes. So how can we play this game for as long as possible? So I love that it checks that box as well. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it's spot on. But it's been very cool to see how our, especially our early adopter clients helped us almost try figuring out the different ways to utilize it. And what we've done is kind of package. We've, there's so much validation on the, not just social side, but the business case side. And we've got all these fantastic ROI case studies. And we've seen some of our sites, they start, they've started to, especially the entrepreneurial ones, they're doing, they'll do combines and they'll bring in 30 athletes on a weekend and they'll, yeah. they'll do a performance testing on Proteus, test 30 kids in two hours and make $4,500 on a Saturday. Yeah. And it's unbelievable. And some of these sites are just absolutely killing it. Now at the same time, we have others that produce is actually pretty, is, is actually relatively transportable, believe it or not. And I'm shocked by a, that. <laughs> we have, there's a couple things. One there's there's actually wheels that come out of the bottom, Okay, but it's, we've got a couple of partners that have, we're starting to see a lot more of like sites getting two units, three units, four units, uh, and we've got a couple of our partners that have a unit designated in a Proteus trailer and they will bring it to That's cool. nearby schools or whatever, do performance testing. And this is the kicker is what they will do is they'll use that information to very easily create a program for someone that person is going to do remotely. Mm, yeah. And then that person will come back to retest the facility and the, any basically built a expanded is online and like the digital business yeah. using this anchor tool. And that's we're cool. playing into that with something that on the AI side, that's very exciting that I'll hope to have an update on and uh, that I can talk about in a couple of months, but nevertheless, this is a tool. It's, this is not a toy. Yeah. <laughs> this is yes. a, this becomes like most of the sports performance sites we work with are doing 
300 to 1,000 monthly sessions on Proteus consistently. It is one wow. of the most commonly used pieces of equipment, highest used piece of equipment in these facilities. It becomes a focal point and the trainers really rely on it to make decisions while the athletes, they love using it and they're seeing great results. And so we've built this whole community platform, like a, tr a trainer certification with different tiers and then this community platform that our sites get access to it that has turnkey marketing resources and ROI playbooks and even like further education and message boards and so forth. But the certain tiers of the certification lets your site get certified and get on a Proteus location finder map mm. because we have so many athletes coming to us saying, where's the nearest one? And we want to steer them to our sites because we want our sites right. to win. Yeah, so, absolutely. There's a lot of really interesting, exciting, like testing center mentality out there right now. Some sites absolutely killing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely something that I've enjoyed and something I see myself getting into more as I evolve, right? Like it's just a natural progression. I love evaluating the movement and this just gives us a way to quantify movement because 23 years of coaching people, I can say, oh, that knee position is bad, but you can't demonstrate sometimes a knee position to a kid or a parent. But if I can say, hey, look, you're right, whatever is 25% weaker, slower, whatever, than your left. Now I've got something quantifiable that they can tether things to, and yep. then we can go. Quick hits. It's Yeah, quick absolutely. Hits. We learned the hard way too, because it was the first couple of years was like, we produced all this data. We were really proud of it. And then we realized nobody cares. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we, we were like, oh, wait, of course. And nobody cares because these are busy professionals. It needs to be... And it took us a couple of years to figure out how to deliver it, how to make sense of it. And we're just getting started, but now it's a novice trainer can use this and it's, it lets them become an intermediate trainer. And it lets yeah. them, so it's really powerful. That's cool. Okay. So I'm going to ask this question and it may seem incredibly basic, but I also never want to assume things. So you talk about 3d resistance. What athletes do you see using Proteus the most? Cause I can see tons of different opportunities and spaces, but what are the bulk of your data points coming from? What sports? Yeah. So the largest demographic of users that we have is high school and college athletes. Yep. And of those athletes, the most kind of dominant category of sport would be baseball. Yeah. Um, okay. Now we also have a large user base of golf expanding in football and basketball, MMA and boxing for sure. Oh yeah. Softball without question. We have, and, and any athlete, any and all athletes benefit from this. And we've got from some of the best players in major league baseball to Mahomes and, and John Rahm and Bryson DeChambeau and Damian Lillard and like Griffin and like those guys, so there's, it's, it's valuable and applicable for all, all kind of ages and sport type for the high school and college athlete, particularly though <clears throat> in, we see a lot of like over training of the sagittal plane. Oh yeah. Yes. And, and I think we, our data has exposed that's a fact like that, that that's, yeah. that those are the movements and that plane of movement are the areas that need strength the least. Yeah. And which is really interesting. And so one of the things that we've found with these like macro analyses that we've done of a billion data points is looking at these commonalities between groups and common deficiencies. And, and what it's shown us is that there's a lot of commonalities, including that the rotational movements for power and acceleration tend to be the most efficient. The ones that the sagittal plane movements are the most lacking in acceleration, by the way. Mm. And, and we've taken that further and looked at, you mentioned longevity. We've looked at things like how does strength and power change as you age? And we've, some of the insights are the following. One is that you lose 10% of uh, power across the entire body every 10 years you age. That's actually a known thing that's been researched before. Yeah, but sure. The thing that we, we confirmed that, but the thing that was really interesting that we found is that you lose power for rotational movements 20% faster than you do. Oh, wow. As you get older, if there were movement types or movement categories to be focusing on, those are the ones. Mm, that's very cool. That's very cool. Because immediately when I hear 3D resistance, I think 3D rotational sports, right? Baseball, softball, tennis, golf. Those make sense. Obviously, I'm a basketball guy, so I saw Damian Lillard using it. That's pretty cool. That's a big name guy. But yeah, it was just really cool to start thinking about, okay, the different uses of it, where it fits in. 
And yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of use and a lot of, lot of versatility, it sounds like, with this. So that's very cool to see. Yeah. Too much versatility, I'd say. It's been a challenge for us to narrow our focus, to, to mm-hmm. try to not do too much and target too many, because what we find is the sites we work with, they are like, it's too much versatility. I'm making a second or third machine. And it can also actually create confusion because they're like, you've got a 98 year old doing it because they can do movements on Proteus that they can't do safely with a free weight. And then yes. next to it, you've got a college athlete who's like going to go into a NFL combine in right. the week. And you're like, how are these two people using the same machine very differently and for different benefits and reasons, but it's, it's incredible to see and pretty exciting. So it's its own animal. It's something we highly recommend anyone get their hands on it, but also just get a demo with somebody from our team on the software side, because I can guarantee that based on what we've seen, that every time we actually show somebody what that product looks like, even if it's a virtual software demo, it's a completely different level of understanding than, and it's guaranteed excitement and interest, if anything. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So talk to me more about the gin pop clients, because I'm really fascinated by this as well. Again, logical extension. If you're training rotational sports, 3D resistance, that just makes sense. But talk to me more about that, because I think that's really interesting because, look, we've had those clients. We've had the client that's 70, 75, 80 years old. Their hips are shot. Their knees are shot. We have run out of options for them in the gym, and we've had to have that. It's an awkward conversation, but look, like gravity is winning right now like literally you should think about ymca aqua aerobics like that sort of thing because of the buoyancy and the reduced stress so talk to me about how people are using that with their gen pop clients it doesn't have to be necessarily that example but yeah where it fits into an overarching training program yeah i think for that population too for example at those more kind of mainstream commercial sites one of the things that matters a lot is that they have a program and that they stick with it. Right. Yeah, for sure. And cause it, and, and, and ultimately I, I think it's, you could make the argument that maybe it, it, that actually matters more than the specific exercises or movements that they might be for doing. sure. Yeah. And so one of the things that we've found anyways, is that in our experience working with those client types is <clears throat> the gyms really is that they typically will gate the usage with a trainer. So they don't mm. just put it on the floor and you can walk up to it and use it. It's, I think it's too new and different and for at this point in time. Yes. And we would recommend that not being the case. It's going to take a couple of years before. I mean, our vision is that there's, this is going to be more ubiquitous than a treadmill, but it's still, especially in the more mainstream population groups, they don't know what it is. Right. And so it, it, it makes sense to have it gated by a trainer. But in doing so, it, we found that it, the experience is it's so positive and so different and unique and feels good and produces results in such a short amount of time. It can produce just a more frequency of scheduling sessions. In fact, we've seen an increase of uh, one of the commercial sites we work with. We saw the first month they introduced Proteus to existing clients. Those same clients booked 77% more sessions. Oh, wow. That's so, cool. scheduling an extra half hour on this week, right? Or, and then, and, or an hour here. And that stuff translates to top line revenue for some of these gyms. It will end profit too as a profit center. So that's one part of it is you're introducing an experience that people really like that when introduced properly, which we provide very basic training on the, like how to communicate it effectively to those different client types, all that sort of stuff. And why it's really kind of addicting. We've got a population of 55 to 65 year old women in Southern New Jersey that train on Proteus three times a week for 15 (laughs) minutes in lieu of going to the gym. They pay $25 for a 15 minute session, three times a week. And they started, they coined this term, do you Proteus? (laughs) It's a community of like non-athletes, like just, and the leader of it is this woman named Carol Lay, who is awesome. And she started using Proteus for the, had basically have an impact for prescription exercise to, for A1C marker. Mm -hmm. And so any event, so it's really engaging that way, but what typically these gyms will use it for is a tool to get, expand the top of the funnel, to do assessments, to convert people to, to client 
clients, right? Yeah. And because you can do, instead of saying, all right, I got to get someone in an hour, gotta, we got to do the FMS, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, let's get on Proteus. And in five, 10 minutes, like we've got a full body strength and power scan with these actual insights. And they've got, oh, how do I compare? They can compete. It's like very engaging. And in that same session, they can do the training session. Yeah. Yeah, for the sure. First training session. It's not like we just did the evaluation. Here's your plan. Maybe you'll come back. It's no, we're going to actually I'll get to work, right? Yes. Session one. And we've seen that translate to an increase in conversion rates. We've seen from 10% conversion to 42% conversion the first month. Um, wow. So that's how it helps the gyms and ultimately, but it all ends up with because it's valuable as a training tool and evaluation tool for the end user, whether they know it or not uh, initially. Once they've done a test and gotten the information as a, even as a takeaway, there's a tremendous amount of value there. And then what we're seeing is pe people coming back and working with trainers who novice trainers now have better direction and it's easier. It saves time and programming. And yes. it's, it's all these combination of efficiencies and experience and benefits. That is what in, co in kind of in aggregate makes Proteus, I think, so powerful and valuable in that environment. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, one thing you said really stands out and just talking about like the conversion rate and yeah. keeping people around longer. Now, obviously there's monetary benefit to that, but like at the end of the day, I've talked about this for a very long time, like training should be fun. Most people don't enjoy training, right? There's a reason they hire us as trainers or as coaches because they're not going to do it on their own or they don't know what to do. So if you can make it fun and engaging and novel, but in a good way, not just, hey, we're just doing random stuff. No, like this is targeted and focused, but we're going to make it fun. That's huge. And then the other piece I love is this idea of gating equipment because we're kind of moving into this model where we have independent trainers or independent coaches that work out of our space. We're going to have like an open gym model to some degree, but I'd already thought about this, right? Like gating equipment. Sorry, random little Johnny doesn't get to come in and like test on the force plates or use the flywheel. Like, those are just off limits, right? Like you're not prepared or skilled to use that. So I love this idea of, hey, look, we'd love for you to use this, but it's a little bit more advanced. We need you to work with somebody to understand really how to harness it and use it correctly. Yep, 100%, 100%. I think also like, it's always a struggle to train any client is like, they, it's always about, you want to establish what the goals are. Yes. And it's sometimes it's difficult for them to communicate, but understanding or getting to the why behind what they're trying to accomplish is like such a key part. But if yes. you can establish like objective benchmarks and targets that like, and goals to hit, and you can track that objectively and tie that to the why we're going to get, for example, we heard a story the other day of someone being like, there was a 40-year-old new mom, basically, who was doing doing core work on produce, but she was working with this client. She was like, he was like, what, where am I compared to like my peers? And he's like, look at the results. And he filtered them by her age, sex, height, weight, whatever. And she's like, you're the 20th percentile for your age. And she was like, I want to be the 50th. And he was like, yeah. that's what we're going to work towards. And hit yeah. these numbers. That's a really... It just as one example, and there's a lot of those opportunities there. And it's, we like to say, like I said, it's, it provides a superpower, I think, for any trainer and ultimately a business to really elevate the quality of their services while streamlining operations and ultimately generating more revenue and producing better results. So on top of the great things they're already doing. So yeah. that's, it's a, it's an accelerant. Right. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And that's always been such a keystone for me, right? If you're going to take the time to assess somebody, I feel like that's one of the most valuable things you do. Somebody comes in, you don't just start training them. You take the time to assess them, evaluate them. So you can customize a program. And this just, like you said, it's an accelerant and it gives you a lot of tools, a lot of information in a short period of time. So what I'm really interested in now is, man, what's next? What are you guys working on? What is the next evolution of Proteus or at least whatever you can talk about? <laughs> for now. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Great question. So we are, I like to say we're every day is, I, I'd say this from a general standpoint as an entrepreneur, every day is like day one. We've made incredible amount of progress that we're very proud about, but I, we're never comfortable. And I feel like we're probably doing about 1% of our total capabilities. And so there's a wow. whole roadmap 
on both the hardware and software side. But just some quick hits that I'll, I'll talk about is we're definitely going to be expanding the suite. We have kind of two standard attachments, a single hand universal and a two hand yeah. revolving bar. We're going to be expanding the suite of attachments. And by the way, just those two attachments provide full body. Like it, it's, it is incredibly versatile as it is, but we're going to get a little bit, kind of expand that suite. But the software is really where we're just getting started because we are capturing 20 proprietary metrics. We are really only focusing on the screen, on the display, 27 inch touchscreen attached to Proteus on two or three of them. Mm. So we're measuring things like linear range of motion and deceleration and consistency of movement. We're mapping power production in three-dimensional space per rep. There's so many layers. It's so much overkill of data, which is why it's tucked away in the interface because yeah. we realized early on it's super, super cool. But like the practical application of it is, it has not been developed. Yeah, for and, sure. And we fully acknowledge that. All we care about is like things that you can take action on now that matter and significant. You can't get anywhere else and they're valuable and they're understandable. And so it's going to be, we're starting to explore and we've made some recent breakthroughs on the implementing different artificial intelligence capabilities to help us make use of the data to then drive improvements in the software and the offerings, including different evaluations and reports based on different goal types, right? Because not mm. everyone cares about power and strength, right? What people sure. care about, right? Endurance and people care about like, Proteus can do all those things. We look at fatigue, we look at in work output, we look at <clears throat> all, all that sort of stuff, intensity level. So things like fatigue and even mobility, right? And we've got an under, so there's, and I think the benefit of the bet we've, one of the many benefits we provided to our client base so far is that they reap the rewards of this constant development. So if you've talked to one of our clients from two years ago, they'd be like, the software looks completely different than it does today. Yeah, it's like, sure. We, so it's, and it's, everything is cloud-based. We, that's part of this. It's a long-term relationship. And then beyond that is using, is thinking about ways that we can create automatic personalized programs for individuals because we know so many of our partners are already manually transcribing Proteus data into their own programming. Mm. We are figuring out ways to do that job for them and then beyond and basically have an output outside of the Proteus system and then thinking about digital expansions of the product that are super interesting and exciting. Okay. More to come, I'm yes. sure. More to come. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I know you've listened to this show before, so I got the big question for you, my friend. If you could alter the space-time continuum and give young Sam Miller one piece of advice what would it be? How much time do I have to answer this question? <laughs> as much time as you want, man. <laughs> I think it would be... So one thing I actually, as a part of this answer, one thing that I like to say is I'm... People say, oh, wouldn't you wish that you could go back in time and tell yourself how difficult this journey would be? And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, you might not, not do it. Yeah. Like you the, might stop. Like, nah. And this is why like a young entrepreneur, like entrepreneurs are most often younger because they're naive. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, it just, so it's almost, but at the end of the day, it's like, it, in it, that's all you're expected to have face adversity. It's just, will you persevere? Do you care enough about uh, something? Cause if I fully subscribe to the idea that like, if, if, if there's a will, there's a way. Mm. So that advice would not be part of my go back in time advice, but I think it would be around keep the, basically maintain the same level of passion that you're going to maintain. Mm -hmm. But do not let that interfere with your, and the kind of the struggles that you will face, interfere with your psyche to the extent that you are asking existential questions about your capabilities. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's a lot of self-doubt that comes along with this and which is totally natural. And I think it would just be really words of encouragement around, um, it, more, greater expectations about that will happen. That is normal. And, yeah. and stay true and focused on what you were trying to accomplish because that's the right direction. Don't let that distraction get in the way. And because mm. that will create more struggle on top of the struggles that you already have. So that, I don't know if that's an answer you've heard before, but for me, that would be exceptionally important for me to hear. Yeah. So I was thinking about this the other day. If I had like, if I could download all the content that I have in my brain, that's never been put out anywhere, right? Oh, this great idea. 
like the other day I had this idea of just so much of this is just not quitting. Right. Oh. Like so much of this, I know you've dealt with that. Like so many times I've thought, nope, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm done with this gym. I'm done training people, whatever. And then you have that moment of, no, I'm not going to. Okay. It was a bad moment. Keep moving. As an entrepreneur, especially in your space, I can't imagine how many times you probably thought, nope, this isn't worth it, whatever. Or even if you knew you weren't going to act on it, just that moment of weakness where you're like, no, this is really hard. This is really getting frustrating. Just keep moving, man. Don't yep. quit. We shouldn't be alive still. Like, there, <laughs> yeah. And it, it's all, it is 100% true. It's just, I mean, but again, you got to listen to the signals. If what you're doing is really not working or yes. it, you, like, you have to have that awareness and yes. be very honest because uh -huh. there's definitely not good to just keep doing the same stuff over and over again and just trying to fight through it when you're like, there's not actually, this is not good or this is, this not, is not feasible. It's not working. Yeah. So for me, it was always like we, if we had early clients or even clients today that were like, I don't believe in this. I don't like it. I yeah. don't, I'm not getting any benefits. There would be no reason for us to go forward because I, sure. you know, there's what's the point of fighting these challenges. But for us, it's, we know that there's something really big here. It's already working really well yeah. there, and we're just getting started. And so it's, that's the underlying fuel. So it's, if it gets easier a little bit over time, cause you've gone through a bunch of these ups and downs, you can have a little perspective, but yep. at the same time, the highs get higher, the lows get lower. And if you can just be like, okay, this is a moment in time to figure out that's key. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Last but not least lightning round Four fairly short questions. Your answer can be as long or short as you like. Okay. Number one, I'm excited about this one. The biggest headache you had in developing the first Proteus was? Yeah, it was the biggest headache we had was actually getting uh, constant resistance in all directions. So 3D resistance was hmm. without question, unbelievably challenging mathematically. Right. <laughs> it was, it took years and an unbelievable amount of time to figure out. And was it just you? No, it was me and initially it was me and uh, one to two other people. Okay. Yeah. I'm just imagining you toiling away by yourself in your basement, like hair yes. everywhere, sleepless totally. nights. But I, I can see I, that. That's an understatement, but yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm underrepresenting the struggle. Yes. Okay. Number two, what's the biggest lesson you've learned from your assessment process? So like what you have created and cultivated, what are you learning from that? Can I ask a clarifying question? Do you mean learning sure. from um, from like the output of the information? Yeah. Or from, yeah. Okay. That would be fine. <clears throat> so from a data standpoint, okay. Biggest thing that we're learning is that one thing that I'll just call out is that like the movements that no matter what demographic we look at, the movements that people need kind of strength training the least are sagittal plane movements and the movements that are most deficient in both strength and power are rotational movements. Yeah. That's yep. one of the biggest things, no matter what demographic we look at. And I can get way more specific on different populations, but the, I think the overall summary answer to that question is we are learning and confirming, I think that the, it is absolutely essential to be evaluating multi-planar and rotational movement. Period. Yes. Yeah. So. I meant to comment on this earlier and I kind of spaced out for a second. So I'll plug it in here. One of the things that I know I've talked about, Bill has talked about is we talked about evaluating strength in the sagittal plane, right? If you're going to evaluate it, you might as well train it. And I think we all know there's definitely, unless you're a power lifter, right? Where strength is the end goal. There's definitely a sweet spot to this because you keep pushing for too long and eventually you become so sagittal dominant you literally lose your ability to rotate. And so I would love to be able to evaluate that and take some of these kids because there's a point where it's like, hey, let's just squat and trap our deadlift. And yeah, like, we can fill in the gaps with Proteus, but like just general force development is valuable. But then there's a point after three, four, five years, we don't know when it is or I don't. But with this, we'd be able to evaluate it and say, okay, maybe we've topped this bucket off. Now we focus on these other measures. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. And that's what this is unlocking is like both identifying different athlete types, right? The, you get the yep. springy, more elastic athlete and that you got yep. the, the brute force type Absolutely. Of profile. It helps make those determinations, but also the different movement categories across different planes of the body. 
they're definitely not all equal. And yeah. so they should not be treated all equal. It starts with an evaluation, but where you want to focus is you want to kind of get, keep making progress, but kind of, you don't want to have these huge separations. And one of the separations that we look at and find actually very common is this big separation between power and acceleration for different mm -hmm. movements where if you're way more powerful than you have acceleration, you're power dominant and acceleration is what you need to focus on. So right. you need to train a lighter load at faster speeds. Yep. Whereas conversely, if your acceleration is significantly higher than power and there's a huge gap there, the acceleration dominant power is going to be the focus. And you're going to train at a kind of more moderate resistance that level that in a certain velocity range. And those distinctions are unbelievably important. It's all about, you've got to be able to, you've got this foundation of strength. You need to be there first. That's critical. Right. And then yep. from there, how do you use that? You got yeah. to be able to produce speed and then explosive movements and across different planes of the, of the body. And everyone has start a different starting place. And this allows you to figure out optimally where to focus the time to get the best bang for your buck. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing that I've thought a lot about here lately is this idea of being able to evaluate strength, power, speed, whatever physical quality we're talking about without the constraint of being locked into the technique of a lift. So here's what I mean by that. There are plenty of athletes on a basketball court or on a soccer pitch that we would describe as strong, but you put them in a weight room and you're like, oh, this guy can't back squat his way out of a wet paper bag, or he can't trap our deadlift. You're like, so how does that work? But there's a technical element to this, right? So I love these ideas of evaluations that aren't so like techniques specific to where yes. you could have somebody, they suck on a soccer field, but they're an amazing squatter. So their numbers are amazing. Yes. So being able to find that transfer of, hey, what's like really usable on a field court or pitch that we can evaluate that we don't have to learn a technique to evaluate, if that makes uh, sense. It makes perfect sense. It's a great point. I agree with you. Okay. So something else we talked about, this is number three. I think you already touched on this. Did you say you guys have a billion data points now? A billion. Oh my God, that's so crazy. That's yeah. like such a mind-blowing number. Yeah, it's it's actually more than that, but it's for the for the one kind of primary power metric we have. It's a billion data points. I mean, la wow. last year alone, twenty twenty three, a hundred million reps were performed on Proteus systems across the country. Wow! So these are, like I said, this is not a toy. This is not something that sits in any of these facilities and it's used it every once in a while. This is a key piece of these businesses that now I think very much revolve around them, and so. We're looking for continuation of these great pioneers to continue to partner with and adopt Proteus. And we got a full team behind working with them to on that journey. Yeah, I love it. Okay, last but not least, we asked about what's next for Proteus. What's next for Sam Miller, man? What are you working on? What are you excited about? Or is it just synonymous? Proteus, yeah. Sam Miller, it's like all the same thing. It's synonymous. I think if just truthfully, I've got... We get great kind of family life, a wife and kids, I think is, that's all awesome. I think it's definitely going to find a, a, I think a more consistent, like I've been in and out and traveling and trying to try to get like a more consistent schedule there. Yes. And ultimately I think, I think what's next for us is I think we are going to take a vacation for the first time. Good for while. you, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I think over the years I realized I'm like, oh, well, this is a very important thing to do. And so that personally, I think that hopefully is coming up in 2024, but I've said okay. that before and I've been wrong about it. <laughs> okay. So I've got to clarify kids or no kids. Yeah. Two kids, two young boys. No, no, I know you have kids. Would the vacation be with kids or without kids? Oh, great questions. In a perfect world, without. Okay. Um, See, that yeah. is the definition of a vacation. You know the oh, definition? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, a a time away without kids is a vacation. Going yeah. somewhere with your children is a trip. And there is a distinct difference. <laughs> actually, going going somewhere with your kids is business travel. I've gone on, we go to Martha's Vineyard every year as a family, like with the kids and I come back and I've, our, my colleagues are like, oh, how's the trip? You feel relaxed? I'm like, not even no, a bit. Not at all. <laughs> like, I'm excited yeah. to get back to work actually. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So this is 100% without without kids. I love my kids the best, but this Understood. is- Understood. Yeah. You can love them and still enjoy a couple of days away from them. And you need to. Yes, and, exactly. And you're that much more excited when you get back. You That's realize right. how much you missed them. That's well, right. Well, Sam, dude, this has been amazing, man. It's so great catching up with you, learning more about Proteus. Where can my listeners find out more about you? Sure. Visit our website, 
proteusmotion.com, P-R-O-T-E-U-S motion.com. There's a, <clears throat> some good resources on the website, but if, if any, any of the listeners are interested in either finding a place to try Proteus or learning more about the product, I highly recommend hit the blue button on the website, request a demo, put in your information, and we'll be in touch. We want to talk and show you, talk to somebody on our team. They are phenomenal, and that's where you'll really learn. So there's that. And then if you're on social media, Instagram, we got a great content and resources there. That's actually one of the best places is at Proteus Motion, Twitter and Instagram, but Instagram specifically. Perfect. I'll make sure I get the links in the show notes. So if you're listening at home, you'll be able to find that quickly and easily. But Sam, man, this is amazing. Thank you so much for your time, brother. Thank you so much, Mike. It was a pleasure to be here. All right, my friend, that does it for this week's episode with Sam Miller. Really hope you enjoyed it. Just such a great conversation. I love hearing about entrepreneurs, about their story. Really enjoyed just hearing about the struggle and the grind that Sam went through, like the really long days, the sleepless nights that he went through to try and not only get this from prototype into working model, but then from working model into something that actually works for end users and that's scalable. So I love that side of the story. I love just thinking about where would this fit into my own training? I don't have a Proteus, I've not used one, um, but I'm fascinated by it, right? I can see the utility here and not just for our rotary sports athletes when we're thinking baseball, volleyball, tennis, golf, but also like Sam alluded to, being able to use this with our gen pop clients to fill in some gaps and hopefully get them a better training effect. So awesome episode, awesome show. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Sam. If you did, please do me one small favor. If you're not already subscribed to the show, please go and do that right now. Major spots to find us, obviously Apple Podcasts, obviously Spotify, and of course the new one on the block is YouTube. So wherever you go to consume podcasts, go there right now and hit the subscribe button so you know each and every week when a new episode drops. So my friend, as always, thank you so much for your support. Love and appreciate you. And we'll be back next week with our next episode. Take care.